Hello, this is The Aware Lab. This week, it's me and the one and only David Hanlon. It's a special first night recording for us to talk about the Champions League semi-finals. Both PSG and Bayern Munich earn a place in the final with convincing wins. Leon miss some early chances and Leipzig have a bad day at the office. Hello Dave, it's just me and you today. No, dream team. Dream team indeed. It's just a short one this one because there's way too much football for the number of hours in the day. So we're just covering the two Champions League semi-finals today. PSGRB Leipzig and Bayern Munich Lyon. Yeah. We'll start with PSG and RB Leipzig. You are the, our resident PSG fan. Yes. I, am, I am the resident. I don't like PSG. <laughs> Very true. In particular, yeah. in particular, one PSG player, which will become obvious fairly soon. Yeah. Well, so, I got to the final. Oh, well, to be honest, like, as much as I don't like PSG, I am glad they got to the final because I think I think Bayern PSG is a much better game than, than Bayern Leipzig or Leon Leipzig. Like, if it was Leon Leipzig, I'd be like, yeah, all right, give that a go. It's a, it's a mental final, but give it a go. Since Bayern were fairly confident to win, yeah, PSG buying's a better game than Leipzig buying because, like, oh, we've seen that like four times this year already. So, uh, it's not just, really a game just watch like... a Bundesliga rerun, not bother with the Champions League. Yeah. So, PSG won 3 0. Good result. Uh, yeah, it's a good result for PSG. Leipzig didn't really show themselves in a good light. No, it was probably one of Leipzig's worst performances of the season in a game where it really mattered, which yeah. is a big shame. It, the pressure was too much. I think it was. I think. I think the games they'd won against Atletico Madrid and someone else. Did they not get through beforehand? No. They they beat Atletico and that was it. I'm fairly sure. Who so. were they against in the group draw? Oh mate, like we literally covered these like nearly like less than a week ago. That was like <laughs> mate, there's been too much football. I can't keep it's it. Been, right, well, while I'm kinda of looking at this, I will say something like I don't I don't know if whether it's I finally got the fatigue, the football fatigue, because there's been so many matches in such a short time. Like, I've really loved this format. It's been like a weird little mini World Cup for clubs rather than nations, and that's been really fun, and I've enjoyed it. Playing only single legs, I think, is a revelation. It's split 50-50. For me, I think one leg, brilliant, brilliant. I think... Anyone on the given day. I've never been a fan of despite the fact that our podcast is basically named entirely with the fact that things do happen in two legs, I'd be <laughs> perfectly happy to never see a second leg again. Yeah. Okay, so I'd, what I'd prefer is that if in games like, if, if in like FA Cup competitions where you've got whoever that team was with a fellow at the pie against Arsenal. Yeah. Where it was, I yeah, I can't remember what the team it was. But like some lower league national division nonsense team who are playing on a field of wood chips, dirt and blood against against the Premier League team. Like I think always play against play it on the small team ground because it's one goddamn hilarious and two it gives them the financial benefit. If you if you know if you've got crowds and you're getting gate receipts, you're the big club. You're probably going to win. You don't really care. You don't need it. Just you're getting massive TV money from this one. Just play it. Play it this little charity ground. I don't know if it's because. Because we've had all the matches like in just this successive 
barrage. I think also it doesn't help that we've had the Europa League at the same time. Yeah. Like, I understand playing them both at the same time. That seems obvious. And I think playing the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals in single legs, almost all back-to-back, I think is quite fun. Yeah. I, def- I definitely don't like the fact that of what we were doing, of like play like two games one week, then wait a week and play another two games. Like, no, just get them done. Just get them done in one week. You've got four games. Just get them done. Bang them yeah. out. Yeah. Two games, two games a night, Tuesday, Wednesday, bosh, done. Next round. Yeah. Couple of weeks, semi-finals, yeah. final. Done. I, yeah, I think semi-finals and final, get them done in a, just a straight-off smash them because I think this is going to be fun for the final particularly. Um, no, but I, think, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it's... I don't know whether it's because there's been so many games, and of course, because we're now uh, talking about them on a weekly basis. I've been what actually watching the games rather than just being like, "Oh, I'll flick through the highlights." Yeah, which is what we used to do. Um, I found this game quite dull. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the most exciting game to start with, and mm-hmm. I was far less excited about this game and far less interested in it than I was for PSG Atalanta, largely because I really like Atalanta. Yeah. I don't dislike Leipzig, but I just don't like them as much as Atlanta. So I was investing in that game also because Atlanta are fantastically good. Yeah. And Leipzig are good, or they were good when they had Werner. Yeah. So it's a bit kind of like it was against against Atletico, it was interesting, like, oh, how are they going to perform without Werner? It was the interest in it. But then the second game, you're like, oh, well, I kind of know what I'm expecting now. As I said, I, I didn't know what I was expecting because they weren't very good. But um, I, I wasn't impressed with this game, as you said. Yeah. Leipzig it, didn't really turn up. Yeah, it was a predictable win for PSG. Exactly. Like, both these semi-final games I found a little bit boring, but I think that does come down to the fact of it's a lot of games and it's the games that you already, that you can predict the result of a week in advance. Yeah. Like, it's the well, easy betting games, these ones. Like, I'm a PSG fan. You could tell straight away PSG were up for it and Leipzig weren't. Like, the first... Five ten minutes, the writing was on the wall pretty much. Yeah, well, in the first five minutes, Neymar missed yet another chance, which is let me just check my let me just check my maths tally. Way too in many. Yeah, like he hasn't scored, and it's annoying. I'm assuming I will have to double check this fact, but I'm assuming he scored in the Coupe de Ligue and Coupe de France. I, I'm sure he must have scored. However, I have absolutely no idea. I don't think he did. I think he scored a penalty against Leon in the final because it went to penalties after a, I think it was nil nil draw. Has he scored in open play? No. So the last time Neymar scored in open play was against Saint Etienne on the twenty fourth of July. So he's now going to have gone by the time the Champions League final hits. He's going to have gone a month, a full month without scoring a goal in open play. Now, oh, that's not good enough for me. I, I put on our group chat facetiously, yes, but my point stands. If you want a player who can dribble well, get fouled, win free kicks by Jack Grealish. He's been fouled more times than anyone else in Europe's top five leagues per 90. We say we said before we officially started recording and whatnot. The problem, the particular problem is you've got so many players in that team who can score goals, who are proven goal scorers and finishers, absolute dead-eye finishers, but none of them are being played up front in the middle as their central striker. Neymar's getting played there and he keeps missing. Yeah. Not good enough. He is a good player, unplayable on his day, but he can't score. He's proven that he can't score from inside of the box. He can score from outside the box when he's got a bit of space, granted, but inside the box, he's not clinical. Well, like we see, we've seen him for Barcelona, we've seen him for uh, Brazil, 
We've seen him before, even for PSG, when he first moved there, we've seen him score buckets of goals, just loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of goals. It's not even the fact of, like, he's just not finding the back of the net. He's missing sitters. He's missing absolute stone-dead opportunities. Like, I'm a dreadful goal scorer. I cannot score a goal to save my life. You put me in front of goal in those positions, I'm not going to finish them. But I'm not worth £100 million. Pounds. The one five minutes in, I played football on Thursday, and I scored... Pretty much that exact goal because I went the other side of the keeper. Yeah, but here's the question. Uh, was the keeper Mike or was it Peter Galashi? <laughs> but I went the other way. Your body wants to put the ball. Either I've just, I've just questioned on who the goalkeeper was. But it doesn't matter because he doesn't even get it on target. As a right-footed player and I'm running that way, my body wants to spin the ball into the other corner. It wants to sweep my foot across it, not just a little toe punt at the goal and hope for the best. Like, if he's going to ding it over the keeper, ding it over the keeper. Against against Atalanta, he bloody should have done. It's just strange for me that he's lacking the composure that he's had since he was 16. Then the man who can score goals, apparently, who's played in midfield but is a centre-back by trade, Martinos, he scored two goals. He scored in the last two games. However, they're not the best goals in the world. Uh, he scores a header, which is the opening goal against Leipzig, and it is a marvellous header. He puts that on pinpoint target and smashes it in the far corner past the keeper. It's an excellently placed header. However, he's completely uncontested for it. Exactly. I think there was three players marking Thiago, maybe. I have um, no idea who was marking who, but there were six players. So it was a very weirdly marked free kick. I think the issue is, I think Leipzig opted for zonal marking. Sometimes the older ways are the best ways. Just man-mark him. Like, you've got enough players there. There were four PSG players in that box who could argue, who could reasonably pose a threat. There are six, six RB Leipzig players. Not a single one of them jumps. The marking on that is not good enough. They don't track his run. He storms straight through them, passes all of them. Don't get me wrong, he gets an incredible jump on it. I can't fault Marcinos. He's done exactly what he should have done, and he's done it really well. I'm not questioning him at all. He's done a standout job there. Uh, but Leipzig just don't do anything. It's like they don't try and stop him. I don't know whether they didn't realise he was there, whether they kind of lost track of him. I don't know, but they just don't do anything. It's annoying watching because like, as soon as you see him running through and you see the other players moving past him, like he's not offside. He's got a free header. Anyone at that level of football with a free header from that position should be scoring. That's just Simple oh, as yeah, it is. Tidy finish. It's great. Uh, Dean Murray's free kick is excellent. He's known for it. He's known for putting balls on the sixpence. That was the first obvious sign that Leipzig clearly were not having a good day. There's a bucket load of fouls. Yeah. Someone seems to be on the floor and Christian Cooper seems to be getting the blame for it every 30 seconds. Galashi passes it out. It gets straight away picked up by a PSG player. Ball gets put through to Neymar. He either backheels it in excellent skilled fashion or it comes off him, fortunately. Uh, the jury's out on that one. Falsely, who does a great job controlling it and taps it in Pascal Ashi. Like, again, I can't fault the man who scores the goal because it's an excellent goal. He's doing well at controlling and finishing. But also, what is Galashi doing passing that out to a PSG player? And why are there no defenders marking Di Maria? It reminds me of the Bayern Barcelona game where Testergen was just trying the same pass and it was always getting picked up by Thiago. I think Neymar meant the back of him. Yeah, but you would say that. I have to give him some credit. His eyes are on the ball, and then he back heels it, and then he looks at the goal for Di Maria to finish it. I'll give you and him the benefit of the doubt for that one. But still, again, it's just a case of 
Leipzig just doesn't track them. They don't. Given how well they defended against Atletico Madrid, given how solid they were, how dependable they were at the back, like we we gave praise for Upamecano. For a team who've gone from being, this team has defended really well, they've done really well, they've been excellent, to, oh, they've just kind of lost this a bit. Yeah, it was a a fair poor game. Third goal which we checked up on and has in fact been given to Juan Bernat and we're both quite glad of it because otherwise it means that what we talked about Neymar not scoring a goal would be null and void. It's just, it's a bit of a mess really. Shoddy goal. Mucky Aleli has the ball in his 18, on the edge of his own 18-yard box and Herrera is then chasing him. Mucky Aleli's trying to do something with it. Mucky Aleli then slips over and Herrera literally does not touch him, falls over, Mucky Aleli lies there, tries to claim a foul for it Ander Herrera then gets the ball. It's a bit loose. Di Maria then Di Maria then gets hold of it, whips it in. Juan Manat is then appears to be offside. However, has actually been playing onside by Mugulele, who is on the floor complaining to the referee for nothing. He heads it in. Galashi gets a touch on it and it goes in. Neymar chases it in, kicks it when it's already gone across the line. Kind of tries to claim for it. It was a shambles. I get the whole idea of like, well, he's offside. But it's the whole thing of play at the whistle before. And we've said it before now. I know Mike said it at least twice. Play at the whistle. Like, I don't care if you think he might be offside. Cover him. Yeah. Cover him. There is no one within about six or seven feet of Bernat. Yeah. Defending's not very tight. It's a bit sloppy. It's a bit of a mess. I think that was the story of Leipzig's day, really. Like, the defending wasn't tight. I think the pressure got to him. They'd have been outmatched by Bayern in the final. Yeah, this was their last stop, really, wasn't it? I think Leon, Bayern, or PSG all would have beaten them. Yeah, I'd agree. Like Leon are very good. They've got a good team. It's not world class. It reminds me a lot of Ajax last year, where they've done well to get to where they've got to with what they have. So same as Leipzig. I feel like they're they're the two Ajaxes of this year. Well, more or less move on to. Oh, actually, no, before we do, man of the match. Yeah, Di Maria. Well, he got a goal and an assist. He was obviously such a difference maker compared to the Atalanta game where they where PSG looked a little bit lost a little bit today off a lot of the game. They now look like a much more competent, dangerous attacking side. Yeah. If they saw it out where Mbappe is playing through the middle, Neymar's on the left, Demir is on the right, I can see them giving a lot of issue to Bayern's high line. The question that's been talked about a lot is Bayern plays with a really, really high line. Largely because they've got enough quick players and quick defenders mainly being Alfonso Davies, where they can kind of deal with that. But there's a difference between having like one or two quick guys who can kind of get through you a little bit and Mbappe and Neymar, who are extraordinarily quick and extraordinarily good with their feet and good on the ball. He's no slouch, but I don't think he's quite got the pace. But I think Alfonso Davies is going to catch Di Maria every day. But I'm not sure about Mbappe. I, I don't think he'll catch Mbappe. I'm not, I think he can catch Neymar, but the problem is, can he catch Neymar without fouling him? Mm, getting on to, getting on with Bayern and Leon's game, I feel like the chances Leon had early PSG would finish. I'd, I'd like to think so, but <laughs> also who knows at the minute. So Leon came out the gates pretty hot and caused Bayern trouble with their high line really early on. In the first 15, 20 minutes, they had a good couple of opportunities that really they probably should have buried, but they didn't. And after that, Leon kind of went to sleep a little bit. And then Nabry scores. When Nabry around 18 minutes comes out with a cracking goal. Which changed the game. 
once once that goal went in, I think Leon's head's kind of dropped a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Leon definitely weren't bad. I cannot at all say Leon were bad. Considering that Leon are the team that finished seventh in Leon, yes, I'm aware the season got canned early, so a lot of things could have changed in that time. They also had a different coach for most of that time. Yeah, we got to say who's clearly been an improvement and clearly kind of turned them around a bit. He's changed the formation to something that suits the forwards, which I think was a good idea because the back four is solid. Well, they, they kind of play with a weird back five. It's it's a back three, five. The weird thing is, and I think this is one of the main sort of problems with this game. So in the City game across both legs, Maxwell Cornet causes so much trouble on that side. Yeah. So much trouble for people. Now, obviously, he's then got to deal with a really, really solid and good five-minute defence. But he's so quick and caused so much trouble. And you just saw that, and you could see in this game they were looking for him. But because Bayern have got such a high pressure and they're so and they're so high and they're so attacking, he couldn't really get forward much. He couldn't really get up. He could kind of get away. There was a lot of times where he did have space. But as soon as they did that and Bayern won the ball back, he was then having to run back again. Yeah, he couldn't come. He couldn't, he couldn't commit to going forward. He couldn't cover the ground as much. He didn't have that gap and that space because Bayern are pressing so hard. If yeah. he does go, for, he, if he takes up opportunity and goes forward, he leaves space behind him because he is there technically as a defender. For me, Cornet's higher up. Cornet tends to play higher than Dubois on the other side. Dubois doesn't get nearly as high up. He can go forward a little bit, but tends to stay much further back. Later on in the game, they had a couple of opportunities before Bayern really finished him off where they were basically playing a back three because both Dubois and Maxwell Cornet were pretty high up the pitch. Cornet is so quick and caused so much trouble and I don't think he did in this game and I think that was a real big factor in it. The opening chance for Depay and the chance on the 16th minute, I think it was, where the both hit the post. Toko Kambi and Depay both missed chances that they need to bury in that situation. Yeah, like there's performing on the big stage where your name's in lights and you've got the chance to do it. Depay's unlucky. He does everything right and he just can't get his foot all the way around it. And Toko Kambi... He had one or two in the City game where he never quite managed to put him away. So he's another one who maybe confidence in the big stage and with this finishing could probably work on it. I think I think Bayern was just a little bit too much for Leon. And again, like we didn't really give nearly enough praise to Bayern. We ended up talking because of the Barcelona game. We talked a lot much more Barcelona. Serge Nabry is so good. I think being in Germany, I think, has really helped him. Going to Hoffenheim, working in Nagelsmann and then going and getting that move to Bayern Munich and being I think being given the real chance of like you are a starting player. You you know, we are really looking at you as to be one of the one of the names in this attacking in this attacking team, uh, yeah, I think he's been excellent, and he's shown that by the fact he's been scoring loads of goals. He's got four in two. Yeah, I think so. Fraser he scored two against Barcelona, but nearly half the team scored two against Barcelona. Young scored one. Either way, Nabry has been so good for for Bayern Munich at the minute. He's always he's the player who kind of just picks the ball up, drives through a defense, and just puts it away. Yeah, he's clinical. He's what Neymar. Was he's getting he's getting balls doing the dribbling that Neymar's doing and making a much more difficult finish yeah. that a lot of the players we've seen and we've mentioned in this section here with just us have missed. Yeah, which is good. I'm happy for him. He's a quality player. That Bayern team, considering people were like have worried about Bayern for a number of years, falling away, like becoming an old team, old guard. Like they've completely changed it around. They've got a young team. Yeah, in the last sort of season or so, they've suddenly got young players. The two positions do have a bit of an age problem are in goal, Mamonoy up front, Lewandowski, both of which were pretty excellent this game. Lewandowski did have a bit of a struggle getting his goal until late. He did manage to just completely air kick one 
they yeah. probably should have slotted away and one got trapped under his foot and just kind of rolled through, which was then put away by Nabry for his second goal. Yeah, well, that was Muller. No, because so... it came across Lewandowski first. He didn't yeah. get all of it. Muller then didn't, didn't manage to get it and then it fell, fell on Nabry who just tapped yeah. it away for an easy tapping. He has to be there. Yeah, he's, he's getting the positions. He knows where the danger is. He knows where to be. He knows where to hurt people. He knows how. He's doing so well. Lewandowski extends his goal-scoring record now of his scored in just, like, every game, practically. I think it's every game since the restart, something like that. He's, well, he's scored in every Champions League game since the restart. Like, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Like, you could, he's, like, the easy money bet to bet on to score at least one goal in a game. Oh, yeah. Like, well, when it came down to late on, like, 70th minute plus, and I was like, we haven't got a goal here. This is a bit unusual. And then he does find the net towards the end, which really kills off Leon. Yeah. And it's again, it's a good finish. It's not a complicated finish, but again, it's... You've got to be there. Yeah. Header. It's bread and butter for good strikers. As one of the few remaining true number nines. Yeah. Well, I know we said we weren't going to talk about the Europa final, but Luke de Jong. Yeah. Weirdly, I would never have said Luke de Jong was one of the, was one of the last great number nines, but maybe I'm wrong. Just, I would have said that two of the last great number two is like the, the, you know, the last true proper number nines do play in Italy. One yeah. being Chiro Mobley and one being Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, could argue Suarez. Yeah, I suppose Suarez is definitely... Benzema, not quite. I think Benzema is a bit more of a hybrid. Cavani. I think Cavani has much too high a work rate and dropped way too deep to be considered a proper number nine. I'd say Icardi's much more of a number nine. But also Icardi hasn't been doing much recently, so... Illichich, you know, again, he's a bit of a hybrid job because he plays a lot deeper and plays behind. I mean, like, you know, big like it, you're on the ball, yeah, you can get a bit of a run, but, you know, you don't see him doing step-overs, ball rolls and rainbow flicks, do you? You see him getting the job done, putting the ball in the back of there, getting your head on that. Yeah. The Sam Allardyce dream. Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane. I want to be able to praise Bayern Munich more, but there's not much you can really say that everyone hasn't already heard of. Bayern Munich are just really good. They've been this good for years. They've just been missing pieces. Well, they weren't quite this good at the beginning of the year under Nico Kovac, but then since Hansi Flick's come in, yeah. for a he's, fairly inexperienced coach, God, he's well, done a hell of a job. He's, I think he's just looked at the players and put them where they're supposed to play. So what a lot of uh, what a lot of football journalists in Germany have kind of said is that Hansi Flick has just fixed the little problems that were hold, that said that with, with Nico Kovac's team, he was trying to do things that were maybe a little bit too complicated. Like the, what he was trying was a good idea, but wasn't quite working because of little things. Like he 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 more or less took Muller out of the team, and I think that he's a big part of why the team suddenly works again. Yeah, because Muller does facilitate a lot of play. And again, Muller's one of those weird players. I've heard a lot of people kind of saying like, I don't really get Muller because he doesn't. There's nothing that he really does excellent. He's not like an excellent ball finisher. He's not. Yeah. He's not an excellent passer. He doesn't pass as well as De Bruyne or David Silva or m- most other kind of number 10 role kind of yeah. playmakers. He doesn't pass as well as them. He doesn't finish as well as Lewandowski. He's not a goal scorer. He doesn't dribble as well as Nabry or Kingsley Coleman or maybe even Paris. His dribbling is not as good. But then he doesn't drop back and defend and he's not exactly airily dominant. Like, because I don't get Muller. I don't, people, a lot of people are saying, like, I just, I don't see why Muller's as good as he is. I don't understand how he is. And my simple response to that is, Muller is the smartest man on that pitch. He dictates play because he makes himself the point of a triangle. Playing threes, playing triangles. It's why a lot of high successful football formations have groups of three and pairs of three. Like, 
you've got either a, you've got a midfielder, a fullback, and a, and a wide man who can shift around, but always plays a three. You've got two wide man and a forward who can always play as a three. You've got a wide man, a midfielder, and a four, and the centre forward who can always play as a three. Threes just work. It always gives you an option, regardless of where your marking is, essentially. And Muller's the man who finds that space. So the, the German word, the German word they use, which I always find quite hilarious because of just how it translates and how quite funny it is, Raumdeuter, uh, which is German for space investigator, which <laughs> makes me think of alien Sherlock Holmes. And imagine him with a deer stalker, deer stalker in the cape, yeah. but with a ray gun. It's a simple thing that is undervalued, I guess. He's one of those kind of like really classic players for me who Iniesta, who would always just be there ready for a pass. Not even that. Iniesta was more of the had had more of that real playmaker passing ability gene, like Chavi did. Like like Palo did. Well like people didn't get Palo for a while because Palo didn't really move. Seemed not left. to do anything. He just got the ball, passed it and Yeah, won he got the, the got the ball got the ball and Put it on an absolute pinpoint accurate player, but he wasn't. He wasn't physically. He wasn't active by no means. He wasn't. <laughs> he was. He was certainly not a worker at workhorse man. Absolutely not. But he's so excellent. I, I, I don't think. I don't really think there's another player like Muller. He has something that I don't think I've seen with any other player ne- in nearly the same kind of level of quality. I suppose in in in, in slight flashes, Deli Ali. I suppose has a little bit of it. Yeah. Just the pure aspect of just finding that space. Like one of the things Muller does better than anyone else on the planet right now is create space for someone else by yeah. taking by drawing the defense into what he's doing. As we love to say, he plays off the ball. Again, like we've said it a dozen times on this podcast of how people play off the ball is so important, and he's one of the best in the world at the minute. No one quite uses movement like he does. He's extraordinary to watch like if you ever get a chance just watch it by a minute game and just just watch Muller just watch where he comes from because sometimes he'll kind of drop deep and he'll kind of be out of the way but then it's case if he's out of the way he's not he's not visual noise for his teammates yeah. and he knows that he's made that conscious choice of going I'm not going to be involved in this player because I'm go- I can't be used in it there isn't a space for me so I'm going to take myself out of it some of the stuff that he does is it's weird to watch like his runs like he'll dart towards one way and then he'll see someone else in a better position, so he'll try and open the space up for them. He'll make so many like half runs. What he does, he anticipates teammates. He go he makes a run and goes, I'm in a good position here, but he's in a better position. So I'm yeah. gonna take myself out of it and leave the option to him. I've already drawn a defender in. So if I now back up if I now step back, he's gonna have to pass to him because he's in a better position to do this. Yeah. Which is kind of how Lewandowski has got most of his goals because Muller's yeah. been in the position, then gone, ha, no, go to him because he's going to put that away. I might not. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's so excellent. He's so, so good in the most extraordinary way. Yeah. And now that we've had our Muller appreciation hour, I think, yeah, I think there's a player that we, we did mention, and I've mentioned almost by accident a couple of times. And I know you've mentioned, I know you kind of said before we were recording, like, he really does a job there. And he's still excellent. It's Neuer. Like, he yeah. had a great game. Yeah, we've said before. Oh, he's got a good defense. Like he's not, he's not that good as a keeper. Yeah, he is. So, in comparison to some, given some of the goals we talked about, so on Monday, uh, I I questioned Mike uh, about against Leon again uh, about Edison's decision making against what ended up being Maxwell Cornet's first goal against them when it comes back off Torquil Canby, where Edison is then running backwards from his own goal because he's come out to meet it. 
and we question decision making on like he either needs to either commit to going forward and shut down those angles to really block off Cornet so that he's got more of a chance of stopping that, or he's going to force Cornet to miss, or he needs to he needs to really stay back on his line, let the defender deal with it, and go for the save from there. Noy's decision making is unquestionable at that. Like he is. He's like he's the originator of sweeper keeper, run out and stop people and closing down. He does that so well. There's one chance where I think it's Depay comes forward. I think it's one of the early ones that Depay then doesn't yeah. quite put away. Where Depay's yeah. got his head down, and by the time he looks up, Neuer's already yeah. on top yeah. of you. He's there, he's so quick getting off his line and, and coming towards you. Depay tries to round him and doesn't get his foot round it because Neuer's already there. He's close off the angles. Neuer yeah. knows where he has to be. His awareness of where his goal is and where his positioning is is immaculate. Yeah. The one for me was at the, uh, I think it was like the 65th minute or something, and the throw goal, and he's gone past the defence, and he's one-on-one with Neuer, and Neuer's out like a flash, keeps big, and then as he shoots, he puts his leg down, and he saves it with his leg. I think Neuer, is, he's the best at that, saving it with his legs and feet. And... I'm, I'm really struggling, particularly from this Champions League, particularly from this Champions League, I'm really sure I find a think of a keeper who's been better than him. There's only one that I can think has come close, but then has been injured, so it's been a bit hard to judge. And that's Keylor Navas. Yeah. The short time that Keylor Navas played, I thought he was yeah. excellent, excellent and was one of the better yeah. keepers going. If if Keylor Navas never got injured, it'd be a different final for me. I, I, I'd be confident with PSG. I, yeah, I think I've never been confident in PSG apart from the Leipzig game, and even then there were questions being asked. I think I'd have a lot more confidence in PSG as a team with Kieran Hamilton goal. Yeah, and like, it's annoying because the other keeper that I'd rather be in goal is at Real Madrid now, Ariola. Yeah. And still be at PSG. Even then, I've seen seeing a few of his kind of performances here and there. I think he's a bit young and I think he doesn't quite have the confidence. And again, it's the it's the experience of the, making those decisions that Neuer has and yeah. seems to be better than ever at now. Yeah. He's fine. He's not as bad as he was at Fulham, but also he's not. He's, he's not. not a, he's not. He's not a world class keeper. He's again. It's one of the things like he's obviously it's not the first choice. And Navas is in goal for the final, and we'll just be happy. <laughs> yeah, if those if those if those lineups come out, Navas is in goal, Neuer's in goal. It's going to be like right. Well, this could be nil nil. <laughs> this could be a nil-nil. This could be a nil-nil at ninety minutes yeah. against two teams who are renowned for banging in goals. Yeah, yeah. Leon were good. Leon again. Yeah. It, again, it's one of the things we. I don't think giving Leon kind of the credit. We've kind of yeah. said they missed chances yeah, and they regret them. <laughs> oh yeah, fun. They were Leon again. Leon were the third best team out of the remaining four, which sounds bad, but they were it's not. It's not for Farmers I, League. As if Leon came against PSG. I'm not sure PSG would win. I'd have put it on Leon. If those games went the other way around, if those games went the other way around and it was Bayern, Leipzig and PSG, Leon, I think the final could easily be Bayern, Leon. Yeah, yeah, easily. I think Leon, if they finish their chances, it's a different game. But against PSG, I think they would have got more chances and the keeper's not as good. So. Yeah, I think I think they would have had more chances. Uh, they might have been a little better off finishing them. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I, I think a, a, a big part of a big part of Leon's problem against Bayern Munich is, as always, Alfonso Davies, who's so much quicker than anyone ever thinks he is. Yeah, 
and just covers all the ground in the world, just all the time. He's just there. His stamina is unreal. There was yeah, there was the old joke of um, when Kante was playing for Leicester. Yeah. It's the seventy percent of the world is that of planets covered by water. The other percent, the rest of it's covered by Kante. Like yeah. he's everywhere. Like Alfonso Davies, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really come in the midfield that much. He doesn't really come towards the centre, but he he can like. Yeah. The reason Bayern can get away with playing the high lines because they've got him who's so bloody quick. Same as Alaba. Alaba is very quick. And them two are the reason the high line does work because they can run back and... Well, yeah, Jerome Boateng's not exactly... Slouch, but... Yeah, he's not slow, but he's not quite... He's nowhere near not... as quick as those two, but... But I think, I think it'll be an interesting final. It'll be interesting to see how Tootle and Flick set up against each other and how with they change because I think so be... I think Tuchel might make a couple of changes I think he might well look at possibly starting Icardi because a lot of people thought Icardi might start against RB Leipzig and then yeah. obviously didn't I think he might look at starting Icardi because of the fact of he's just a bit of a bigger presence let him almost do a bit of the hold up play to let them get through or let him take some of the defenders out of the equation or get let a him... flick on against the high line. Yeah, let him play that role. There, he, there are a dozen ways in which he could be used there. But I'm not sure he will. I, I don't know. Given again, given how that front line of Mbappe, Neymar and De Maria has played, they were really good. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of questions to be raised. Uh, you, you never know who's going to appear in PSG's midfield either. Is Verratti fit? I don't know. He played the last kind of five or ten minutes, but he definitely didn't look fit. So I don't think well, he'll start. Play Herrera... Yeah, well, Herrera, Marquinhos, and... Uh, it's Pardes or Idris Gay. Um However, I'd, personally, I'd play Idris Gay purely on the fact he's a bit more defensive, and I'd probably drop Herrera for Pardes because Pardes can kind of cover a lot of the ground. Pardes can do kind of a bit of everything, especially when you've got Di Maria, who can really facilitate your attack a bit more. I, I wouldn't uh, kind of... If, I, I, if I, you want to defensive to counter Bayern, I guess. Is it? Because Bayern play through the centre a lot. They like they use yeah, a bit yeah. of the wing and they do cut on the inside, but most of their goals come through the middle because of Neuer and because uh, because Perisic, uh, Alphonse Davies to a certain extent, and and Nabry can cut inside so well. Yeah. And of course Goretzka's just this massive tank of a man now. Like he was my size before lockdown. <laughs> like he wasn't he wasn't small, wrong. He's always been a tall lad. He's like six foot two or something. He's always been tall. But he was a lot slimmer. But Jesus, yeah, what's he been eating during lockdown? My God. It was the first it was the first game he was in, and I just messaged I messaged you or I messaged the group going, Jesus, he's huge. You see him walking around, you're like, God, oh, bloody hell, has he painted that shirt on? That's crazy, but I think it'll be a good final. I think it'll be oh, the good I, I think it's gonna be an excellent final. Compared to last year, because last I've, year was it's, it's the most excited I've been for a final for quite a long time. Since uh, Dortmund for me. Well, not even Champions League. I mean, like the FA Cup final this year, I was like, ah, it's Arsenal Chelsea. Yeah, it could be a good game, but well, whatever. The, the Championship playoffs, I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. It goes. Even even like the European internationals and the World Cup finals, I've been like, well, yeah, it's fine. Like it's fine. Like, yeah, it's it's good, but it's nothing like. Or is it France, Croatia? And I was like, "Ah, oh, France is going to beat them because it's France. They're yeah. just that good." Yeah. Whereas, whereas this final, I'm like, look, Bayern could easily have caught out. Bayern could easily have caught out by, like, it, Bayern could be two goals down in 15 minutes, and it wouldn't at all shock me. But also, yeah. Bayern could have scored four by the end of the first half, and I also wouldn't have shocked me. Like, yeah. you, I cannot predict. I 
It could be nil-nil. It could be 5-4. It could be 6-7. It could go penalties. I've got no idea. This is the one game, this is one of those games in the Champions League that I, I'm not putting a bet anywhere near that because I've got no That's confidence about what the hell's going to happen. Or the only thing I reckon is going to happen that I would put money on is Lewandowski will probably score. Yeah. Neymar will probably score because he's sods the <laughs> law. And I reckon there's going to be a red card. De Marie is going to score a free kick. That's my prediction for the game. Is it going to be a Joe Bryant-style free kick? Is he going to do it just to f*** with Neymar? Uh, yeah, he's going to take the free kick instead of Neymar and put it in the top pin because it's what he does. I remember the best free kick I've seen from PSG was Edison Cavani because it was uh, Neymar wanted to take the free kick. Cavani took it early and caught the keeper out. Neymar refused to celebrate with Cavani. It will stick with me for the till the end of time. <laughs> but yeah, it, it'll be a good final. I'm, I'm excited for the final. Uh, yeah, the semi-finals for me were almost a letdown. They're a little bit boring, but again, I think it could be a case of fatigue. I think, and I think the fact we've had like a four days or so between the semi-final and the final is a blessing. There is no foot. There is no football on tomorrow, and I cannot be happier. Again, this is a this is Friday. We've just watched it in Milan, Sevilla. There was no football yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I can just the clock can strike eight, and I can go. I don't care. Yeah. Like my, my my flatmate Alex, who who does not watch football, has no interest in football. Uh, occasionally, it occasionally because usually we'll eat dinner together and watch some telly. Um, currently, we're watching Space Force on Netflix. It's very good. I enjoy it. It's quite fun. Not to everyone's taste, I imagine, but either way. Now he's been like, we kind of get up late in the day, and I'll kind of stumble around, kind of going like, oh, <laughs> what am I going? What am I go? Another game at night. It's like, oh, like, because uh. of course, then I'm not in the kitchen. I'm not cooking. I'm not doing anything. I'm not involved because I'm like, I'm t- taking out of this. I've got to watch the game. Yeah. We've ordered way, way, way too much takeout recently. <laughs> Uh, for context, I was, as you will now be able to see, as this is a video called Dave, I'm no longer wearing my Inter Milan shirt. I'm, you know, I, I'm completely honest and truthful with the listeners. It's not because Inter Milan lost. I do like Inter Milan. It's not because they lost. It's because I'm fat. <laughs> because I've gotten very fat. <laughs> I put it on and I was like, oh, this is a bit snug. I then realized I put it on backwards and I was like, oh, Kim. Okay. <laughs> Turned it around and I was like, oh, it's a bit better, but still, it's, it's not great. It's, it's not great. Yeah. Like, I am not, I am not a small man. <laughs> I'm a small man. I'm very particularly at the minute, most definitely not a small man. Um, <laughs> lockdown has not treated me well. well. I've put two stone on since lockdown as well. So. Oh, well done. You now weigh as much as a small rock. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, too much football in my opinion. Too much. Just, like, I like football. I do. But sometimes. Well, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know how we're going to cope when the Premier League comes back. <laughs> It's going to be a struggle. To be fair, I'm not going to be watching all those games. But, oh my god! I played football last night, so I didn't even have a day off football. <laughs> true, true, true. At least you were playing the football. Yeah, you weren't. Uh, you were You were sat there watching it, going right. What's happening? I need to remember this. Just analyzing, going. Okay, so he's done that, and he's gone there, and he's done that wrong, and he's done that. That's a very tight suit, Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, and he's done that, and that's a that's a decent free kick, and that's a fantastic header. And oh yeah, that's good there, and that's good there. That's good there. And has David Benega just said something about a wig? <laughs> How have you missed that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's another chance missed. Ah, to sit a item really well there. God, he's quick. Yeah. It's basically been my repetitive week since Champions yeah. League started back up again. God, he's really quick. Oh, how have you missed? That's a shame. That's a shame. Oh, good defending there. He's done well. He's done well. 
Oh, good save, good save. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mbappe has come on. That's nice. Yeah. Who do you reckon for the final then? What, win? Yeah. I've got to stick with my guns. I've got to stick with my gut. I've got to say Bayern Munich because I've said it before. I'll say it again. They're the best team in the world right now. Yeah, I agree. My heart says PSG because, obviously, both. Because you own more PSG shirts than you do pairs of socks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but being honest, I will have to say Bayern Munich because I don't think anyone can outscore them. I think I think PSG could outscore them, but I don't think they can outplay them. Like I, I think this I think the this game is going to be won purely down the midfield because I think I think Bayern's attacking output and PSG's attacking output. Are, so close enough you can get away with it they can both score bucket loads of goals in different ways and for different ways but they both can score bucket loads of goals the defences both can let can let a few in but they're both fairly solid they've both yeah. got a couple of experienced heads they've both got some quicker younger guys both goalkeepers are fine yeah. assuming Keelan Abbas with Sergio Rico then Bayern's got the advantage there but for me Bayern's midfield is just so much better Leon Goretzka again now this beefy tank of man it just covers so much ground it's incredible like I've never known anyone cover that much ground and just not even seem to care at the end of the game yeah just still finishing 90 minutes just like shrugging people off being like oh yeah I'm fine I can carry on yeah yeah so good that's so good time Bayern Munich will win in extra time if somehow it goes to penalties I'd edge towards PSG honestly I don't know I I couldn't even tell you what Bayern Munich would be like on penalties because they never need them well, Lewandowski will always score his penalty. Muller will always score his penalty. Muller probably, Nabry will probably score his. Yeah, but after that, uh, there's a miss in there. Yeah, it will probably score one. But I imagine maybe Kimmich. Yeah, Alaba, definitely. Alaba can put one in. Have you got a score prediction, Dave? What do you reckon? I reckon it's either going to be a 2-1 or a 5-something. Either a bad Munich or PSG. Cause... Pick one, pick one, pick one. Your actual full prediction that you'll be held to for the rest of your life. Etched in stone forever. 3-2 PSG. Ooh. Oh, he's bottled it and he's got he's bottled it and he's gone with the shirt. I've gone with the shirt. Uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be three two by Munich, and I reckon PSG are gonna get a, get their second one really late and make everyone really panic. <laughs> I'm reckoning this is gonna be a case of, like put all the pressure on, put all the bodies in there. Uh, Score one in the score one in the eighty fifth minute and watch everyone probably, be like, <laughs> probably Chuper Morting. Yeah, probably Chuper Bloody Morting. Cavani will come off the bench and you'll be like, "You've moved. What are you doing?" <laughs> Still with a Benfica top on. <laughs> you don't even go here, Cavani. Go here. Yeah, I hope Thiago plays. If he doesn't, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think I think if Thiago isn't there, it, it we might be getting Brazil flashbacks. Yeah, because when Thiago isn't there, things tend to go wrong for people. I mean, you look at all the teams that Thiago doesn't play for and look at it all go wrong half the time. Yeah. AC Milan, Inter Milan, Arsenal, Man U, Man City. I could list teams that Thiago doesn't play for for quite a long time, to be honest with you. Again, this is Brazilian Thiago for PSG, not Spanish Thiago for Bayern Munich. I think we best close it there before we end up talking absolute nonsense and ranting and raving over silly things because that's what me and you do when we talk to each other. Well, that's very true. So we'll be back on Monday to talk about both the finals, the Europa League final, which has already happened, yeah. and the Champions League final, which is on Sunday. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It should be all right. It should be all right. Please pray to the football gods that it's a good game and it's not absolutely dull as all hell. Yeah. 
Please don't be Liverpool Tottenham. Please don't be Liverpool Tottenham. Please don't be Germany Argentina. Yeah. I, I hope it's Liverpool Milan where it was like four nil at half time and then they brought it back to four all. And yeah, then but that's all. I kind of don't because that would then kind of mean that the team I don't want to win wins, in which very happy and you won't be. And I'll be just just like sat there swearing quietly for two hours over a podcast. If Neymar scores a hat trick. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> if Neymar scores a hat trick, I'll come back home for a couple of days, <laughs> and I will run you over with Mike's car. <laughs> it's only small though. Whatever car he's got at the time, it'll probably change by the time I get there. Oh, probably yeah. But yeah, if if Neymar scores a hat trick, I'm going to run you over with Mike's car. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I'm going to stuff you in the boot and lock you in there all night. That's fine. Either way. <laughs> It's been lovely having a nice bit of quality time with just me and you, Dave. Enjoy painting your friends, love. Uh, some of fixing watches and all that. That'll as we say. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll probably speak to you on 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 Monday, Dave. Yeah, no bother, mate. Uh, we should hopefully have the other two back as well, but uh, who knows? <laughs>